All right, we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Anybody excited about that? All right, this word is alive and active. It's, uh, it gets deep down into our hearts. It changes our lives. It rearranges even the, tra- the trajectory of our lives. And so, um, you ready? You ready for this or what? All right, you guys got to get ready for this one, okay? Because this is, um, this is the first time I've preached in like three weeks. So, I might <laughs> you need to be ready. Um, hey, next week we are starting our new series called Fight My Battle, uh, a, a series on spiritual warfare. Uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, but this week, I want to talk about how we have good news. Do you know that we have really good news? We have the best news available, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have good news. And so I want to share with you out of the scriptures from Acts chapter 3. So if you will turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. This story happens right after, uh, if you read the chapter before, chapter 2, one of the best chapters in all the scriptures is the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples and filled them with the Holy Spirit, and they started speaking in all kind of tongues. Uh, By the way, we have a crew called Spirit Seekers that is all about this. So if you have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, and do not speak in tongues, I want to encourage you, week two starts Thursday. It's six, seven weeks. And so um, that's on Thursday nights, Pastor Pastor Nasir, I called him Pastor. Nasir, teacher Nasir is teaching the uh, the, that crew. So anyway, Peter and John had just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the previous chapter, the same spirit that Jesus told them before he ascended into heaven. After he died on the cross, he came to the disciples and he said, hey guys, uh, I'm taking off here. I'm going home to be with my father. And they're like, no. He says, well, I have to go so that the promised one can come, this promised Holy Spirit. And so he takes off and he tells them before he does, he says, don't leave and try to minister and do all these things until you have received this power from on high. Read the Bible. And so Jesus, uh, Jesus tells them to receive this, uh, this spirit. And so they go and wait. And they wait. And they wait. And finally the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, comes on them. And they begin to speak in other languages. And they get all fired up. They, and the tongues of fire fall on them. And, and they are just all excited. And they're out in the streets. And they're speaking all these languages. And all these people are witnessing to them. And they're like, what is wrong with these people? And they start to think, oh, they must be drunk. Has anybody been drunk in the Holy Spirit before? 
And so they were uh, just going, and they're like, these guys must be drunk. And Peter hears it, and he says, he stands up and says, guys, we're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> these days, they could still be drunk 9 o'clock in the morning. But Peter's, I guess back then, you know, we're not drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And he shares the good news about what Jesus had just done on the cross for all of their sins and how they can be saved. As he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he preaches this good news. And 3,000 people were added to the church in that one day. Isn't that amazing? And so the disciples are sharing with the church, and the church is growing, and they're, they're doing all these things. And one day, Peter and John decide, again, like they usually do, to go up to the temple and to pray and to seek after the Lord and probably preach. And as they were walking along, they walked by the same gate that they probably walked, through, walked past numerous times, and the same beggar is sitting there, and he's asking for help. Alms for the poor. Alms for the poor. And this man, he was crippled, paralyzed since birth. He was born this way. He knew nothing else. He knew nothing else. And his friends would have to carry him and put him at this gate, the perfect place to ask for money, because here comes all these uh, people coming to, uh, to pray. Surely these guys will have a heart to give me some money, to give me some silver, to give me some gold. And so every day he would beg for money, he'd ask for money. This is how he lived. This is the only thing he could do. This is all he knew. And, and he addresses, and here comes now Peter and John, who have already probably passed him numerous times, but this time something was different. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so this time, they had something to offer. This time, something was alive in them. This time, miracles had happened. I want to tell you today that you, Believer's Chapel, you as an individual have something to offer. You have something to give. You have something that is bigger than anybody's expectations. And there are beggars and there are people that are lame and crippled, and maybe not physically, but spiritually lame and hurting and crippled, that are hurting and broken on the inside, that have been hurt by this world and hurt by all the hopes that they had and hope for the politics to heal their problems and hurt because of their finances and hurt because of their marriages and hurt because of their kids. And they're crippled. And they've never known anything different They've never heard this good news. And here now, we have something to offer. <coughs> you have something to give. This beggar never had any expectations for anything else but silver and gold. And could you imagine, uh, he had never seen healing before, and so he couldn't really ask for it. And he was just sitting there, hey, alms for the poor, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. Have you been to New York City? right? All over the place. Have you been to any city? I was to San Francisco last year. There, there's people asking all over the place for money and help. Money for drugs. They even say it now. We were talking about last night. I'll be honest, I just want more booze. 
They're hurting. They don't know what else. They know nothing else. That's the answer to their problems. They, they don't know if this, this man was the same way. I just need gold. I just need silver. There, this must be the answer to at least that I can make a living. At least I can feed myself and maybe help some of my family members and my friends. Uh, this is all that I know. This is all that I can do. And he didn't even know about anything else different in his life that he could, he could live or have. And, and I, just, I remember a story where Jesus was at this well, and this woman was there, and he was uh, uh, the, the well. And he says to this woman, he says, if, if you knew the gift that I had for you and who it is that you ask, I would give you living I would give you living water, and you'll never thirst again. She didn't know who Jesus was. She didn't know what Jesus had to offer. Her, she, she just knew what she knew. And she was never enlightened to this good news of the gospel, this good news of having uh, been saved, and this good news of having the Holy Spirit and this power in our lives. And people that walk around today are likewise. They know nothing of what you have to offer. They don't expect them. They can't see it. And Peter and John says to them, to this beggar, look at me. It's a key scripture here. Look at me. When people look at us, what do they see? You see, Peter and John, again, had been past this, this gate beautiful numerous times, but now they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they had something to offer. Now the Holy Spirit was like this living water that was flowing from within them that was pouring out, ready to save people, ready to lead people to Jesus, ready to heal, ready to deliver and they have this in them. They had something to offer. And so they come to this guy, and he's like, hey, silver and gold. And they're like, hey, look at me. I have something to offer you now. I have something to give you. Guys, we have to put ourselves in positions to have something to offer people. We, <laughs> amen. We don't have to just say, talk about it and say that we know about Jesus. We need to have Jesus in us. We need to have the Holy Spirit flowing through us. We need to fan the flame that's within us. We need to not be lukewarm. We have something to offer people, and they need it desperately because they're crippled. We were crippled. Some of us are still crippled and need God's help in our lives. We all need him. Look at us, they said. What do people see when they look at you? You know, Moses, God told him to go on from here and go there. He says, I won't go anywhere unless your spirit comes with me. Because what will make, what's the difference between our people and those people if we don't have your spirit with us? We need you, Holy Spirit. There was a time that Moses uh, came down from the mountain after visiting with God that he was glowing so brightly that the people asked him to put, put, a, put a bag over his head because he was glowing so brightly. Have you ever just, what you know, if you've been so full of, of God and just so in love with God and people, they have a hard time just even looking at you because they feel like, oh, I was at a funeral yesterday for my grandmother and my cousins, they know what I do. <laughs> and they, some of them aren't living so right. And so they avoid me at all costs. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I don't want to say his name, but hey, Mr. Rifen. <laughs> and uh, it's like, <laughs> and, but... When we, have, when we have God on us, it's not to bring shame, amen? It's to bring, whole, it's to bring healing, to bring life, to bring salvation, to say, I need Jesus just as bad as you do. We have something to offer. Look at me. I have something for you. Look at what I have. 
when you see hurting family members, when you see people that are lost, when you see people that don't have the answers to life, you say, look at me. I have something to offer you. I have Jesus to give to you. And he is the cure for all these things. He is the hope of the world. Amen? We must step up in our faith in what God wants to do through us. We must pray in the Holy Spirit. We must be full of the Spirit. The Bible says, do not get drunk in wine. Instead, be filled, be full of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul says it, I speak in tongues more than any of you. That's what Paul says. Do you know Paul did more than any of us? Do you think there's a connection there? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this beggar's, you know, asking for silver and gold, silver and gold, and they're like, we don't have it. Could you imagine what he first thought? He's like, oh, great. Look at you. I don't want to look at you. You don't have any silver or gold. You know, the world is full of bad news. And sometimes, again, the expectations that people might have, uh, even in our own lives, this is a side note, you know, a lot of times we'll go to the Lord asking and hoping for a certain thing and expecting God to do a certain thing, a certain way, how we want it to be done, only to realize that he had a whole other plan in a different way. And sometimes in the midst of that, in the beginning of that especially, where we become very disappointed. God, why didn't you heal this person? God, why did you have to allow this to happen? Why, God, did uh, this not change in my life? God, I've spent hours and hours in prayer. I remember even times of myself personally being up in this altar praying for things to happen, only for them not to. God, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you change this? Why didn't... You come through only to realize God was working the whole time doing something greater than the expectations that I had that I couldn't see at the time. This beggar wanted silver and gold, but God has something way better for him. And I want to suggest to you that you may be asking for some things for the, from the Lord, but you have to know that God has some things that are way better than what you're asking for. You are his children, and he loves us all dearly, and he has bigger plans and bigger uh, things and bigger purposes than you could ever think or imagine. He's got bigger answers to your prayers, and he's already working behind the scenes. God is working. Trust him. And the second thing that after Peter and John walked up to these guys, they said, look at him, they said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give. You have a lot to offer people. You have a lot to give to people. You have a richness that lives inside of you that is greater than anything on this planet. That's greater than any oil rig. That's greater than any gold mine. You have a deep richness of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives with inside of you. This church, collectively, <laughs> did you see the people that were up here today? These are like world changers. I'm like just trying to like hide back here. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have something inside. All of us have something inside of us to offer people 
We have a richness inside of us. We have Jesus inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit that dwells and lives with inside of us that is like streams of living water that will flow from within us if we stop damming it up. The Holy Spirit is alive. It is in greater, greater than anyone could ever receive from us. No matter if they ask for this or that, or are hurting with this and that, we have something to, uh, to offer them. Bring out your gift, allow it to flow. All in the, through this place, as I look and see individuals, you have such a richness inside of you. You have such a great spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit, and it is so awesome inside of you. Let it come out. What you have, give it. What I have, I offer it to you. Imagine if Peter and John were like, this guy, oh, oh, silver and gold, and they're like, ah, you know, we're kind of busy. We got to go pray. Or, uh, hey, uh, beggar, you know, Jesus isn't with us anymore. Sorry. Too, late, too, too bad we didn't come by here with him. You know, hey, guys, uh, you know, we, we don't have anything to offer anymore. So-and-so's not here anymore. We have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. There is a ghost in this room. It's called the Holy Ghost. And he is not dead. Imagine what it does to him when we say, oh, I wish how things used to be would be. The Holy Spirit's like right here, like, what am I, chopped liver? We need to stop living in the past and waiting for the future, or stop living hoping for the past to show up in the future. The past isn't going to come. It's already been. The future is going to happen, but we're living right now. And the Holy Spirit is alive today. He's alive more today than he was in this story. He's alive as much today as he was in 1980. He's alive as much today as ever before, and he lives inside of you. And there is a spirit that is well and alive, that wants to be activated, that wants to come forth, that wants to live now, that wants to change lives now, that wants to heal people's bodies now, that wants to do miracles now, that wants to save souls now and lead them to Jesus right now. We, we don't have to wait. There's no magic button or secret sauce that has to come. There's nothing else that God has to do or that we have to wait for to happen. It can happen right now. It lives already inside of us. Who lied to you to tell you that if this happened or that happened, then maybe God could move? Who subdued you? Who quenched that spirit that lives inside of you that once used to heal people and save people and lead people to Jesus and, and disciple people? Who lied to you to keep that quenched? There's a rich heritage here that God wants to move and he's not done. Oh, oh, the days are over. Who told you that you don't have anything to offer anymore? 
It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It wasn't me. An enemy did this. You have good news. You have the best news that anybody could ever hear. And in a world full of bad news all over the place, you have good news. You have the news that Jesus loves you. Jesus died on the cross to save you from hell. Jesus died on the cross so that you could be healed of your sickness and diseases. The chain breaker has come. And he can break your addictions, your bondages, your poverty, your depression. Do you know 90% of Christians have never, ever shared the good news? 90%. What are we, Christian hoarders? We should make a show, Christian hoarders. We should do a miniseries. Ninety percent of Christians have never shared the good news. What are you waiting for? We have the best news that anybody could have. Ninety-five percent of Christians will go to their grave without ever leading somebody to Christ. Look, that's not going to happen here. We're going to change that. All right? They, that could be. <laughs> we have some good news to offer people. And we are not going to hoard it. We are going to share what I, Peter and John said, silver and gold, I don't have any, I don't have any silver and gold, guy, buddy, so, sorry, but what I do have, I'll give you. Hey, I, I'm going to have eloquent words. I'm going to have a doctorate in five different theology degrees. I may not have the smartest sense at times, but what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up. In the name of Jesus, use the gifts that God has given you. In the name of Jesus, go forth. Don't hold it. After this happened, this guy starts leaping around, and they're going up to the temple to pray, and Peter and John are with him, and this guy starts, like, you know, going on, and everybody's recognizing this guy. You read the next chapter, and like, wow, this guy got healed. I remember him. He was at the gate, and, uh, and all these people are in amazement. What happened? And here goes Peter again preaching, and he starts sharing the good news again, just like he did in chapter 2. At the day of Pentecost. Now he's sharing at the temple with all these people. And 2,000 more people were added to the church that day. Because of this miracle. If Peter and John would have withheld. If they would have restrained. If they would have hoarded the good news with this guy. And sharing what they did have with him. This would not have happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled. And then they were put in jail. <laughs> The Sanhedrin didn't like what they were doing. Everybody was converting to Christianity at the, at the Jewish temple. And so they locked them up after this all happened, after 2,000 people came. And they locked them up. And then they didn't know what to do because there's such a popularity for them and all this. And so they let them go. But they warned them. They said, you can go, but don't share this good news anymore. And they tried to put it on that, like, hey, shh, no more. You can go as long as you don't speak this good news anymore. Why don't we live in a PC culture? Shh, don't say it. Don't say anything. You don't want to offend anybody. You don't want to change their lives because they're, you know, we have the truth. 
His name is Jesus. And Peter and John says to the Sanhedrin, we can't shut it up. <laughs> we can't stop sharing this good news, and we won't. And they let him go anyway, because they didn't want to be in trouble with the people. And so they let him go, and they continue to preach. They continue to move, read the book of Acts. What happened? What would happen if we would share this good news? What, happened, what would happen if we took a risk and prayed for people to be healed? What would happen if we shared what God has given to us? How many would be added to the church? How many would come to know Jesus? How many would make heaven? How many would be healed? How many would be delivered? How many would be set free from the bondages of the enemy? Just like you were. We have good news, and you have something to give. Come on, bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have given us the greatest gift of all, salvation. We thank you so much for your son Jesus that paid the price on that cross, the price that we deserved. You took it for us. It's the greatest gift that we have ever received. If you're here in this place and you've never received that, if you've never asked Jesus to take the place for your sins and the things that you have done wrong that have caused you to be separated from God, today is your lucky day. <laughs> so with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I need to get my life right with Jesus. If that's you, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? I need Jesus in my life. I need to get things right with him. See your hand, see your hand. Anybody else? I need to get things right. Come on, I want everybody, everybody to pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for what you did for me, that you took my place on the cross and shed your blood to cover my sins. Thank you. I receive what you did for me. Help me now to know you better and closer for the rest of my life. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that just did that, said that.